So, I am Hope. Have we met? Oh, I know I don't look like Hope, but isn't that the way that it often is? My name means confident expectation, but that just means you strongly believe in something. Remember that time in your childhood when you put the tooth underneath your pillow and you waited up all night to catch up the tooth fairy? Or the time when you asked the most popular kid in school out for a dance? Maybe it was that time that you asked your boss for that raise that you've always wanted when you just sealed that big deal. Perhaps it was the time that you looked into your child's face for the very first time and your heart swelled with dreams of the future. Or maybe I'm a stranger to you. Maybe tooth after tooth just lay underneath your pillow, never being exchanged for anything at all. <laughs> maybe you ended up going to the dance with your most annoying cousin. Or maybe you lost your job and you weren't sure how you're going to make ends meet. Perhaps that beautiful baby hasn't grown up to make the choices yet you wish they'd make. Or didn't get the chance to grow up at all. Maybe you are wondering, is life really worth it? You see, I can be hard to find in this world. The world is full of doubt, skepticism, tragedy, and so much uncertainty. Hopelessness is at an all-time high. So, have we ever met? I'd like to introduce you to Jesus. That may seem strange to you, that to know me, you must know Jesus, but I am completely inseparable from the Son of God. You see, just as the world is synonymous with uncertainty and doubt, Jesus is the very definition of hope. Because he never changes, he is the same yesterday, today, and forever. He is a rock, a fortress, a deliverer. He is the strength and weakness. He is faithful. And he loves you. And in the midst of your darkness and most desperate hour, he will lift your chin, take your hand, and introduce you to me, hope. And when you know me, your future looks positively certain. You see, I am hope. I speak to your very soul about the goodness of God and the strength of his character. And when you know me, your heart swells with assurance of his undying love for you. I am hope, and I would love to meet you. Have you ever tried to put yourself in Adam and Eve's position? Just at, in, in that moment when they, um, they've eaten the fruit, they've tasted the goodness of that fruit, and then suddenly their eyes are open. And they recognize that they are naked, that they stand in shame before God. And, and to realize that, that life is never going to be the same again. The, the beauty of the garden must have just faded a little bit. The, uh, the smells, the tastes, uh, 
instead of exciting those, um, those thoughts, those images, instead it was a, was a sourness. It was a, a deathliness. You and I have been there, right? When, when, we've, when we've made that mistake and we got caught and, and suddenly it's, it's like you know things are going to change. And there's that weight, of that guilt of, of, of dealing with those consequences. And in that moment with Adam and Eve, God gives hope. Turn to, to Genesis chapter 3. Let's look at this passage that, uh, that is described as the, the proto-evangelion, or in, in Latin, the proto-evangelium. The very first gospel, the first good news that is presented to humanity. There in Genesis chapter 3 and verse 15, and, and, and God has, has come and, and, and um, called out for Adam and Eve, where are you? And Adam says, I, I hid myself because I was naked, I was afraid. And, and then they go through that process of, of Adam blaming his wife, Eve blaming the serpent. And in, in, in God's proclamation of the consequences of their choices, we read these words as he addresses the serpent. I will put enmity between you and the woman and between your offspring and her offspring. Other translations, between your seed and her seed. But he shall bruise your head, will crush your head, and you will bruise his heel. God knew that, that in, this, in this moment of, of sin and guilt and shame, that Adam and Eve needed hope. That, that yes, the, the consequences, there are going to be consequences for their choices. There is going to be that, that transformation. Their relationship with him is never going to be the same. But God says, we're going to get through this. Things will get better. That there will come from you a seed, an offspring, a child that will be able to crush the power that sin and evil have on your lives and off of on the lives of your children. That crushing is going to come at a cost. That that, that one, that seed who will crush the head of the serpent, in order to be able to do that, he will be bruised. He will suffer and, and pay a price. But victory 
will come. God knew that they needed something in that moment. You, you'll notice that this is before he even gets to talk to Adam and Eve and address the consequences of their sin, before he tells them of the curse that will come upon their lives because of their choices, he gives them this first good news that there is hope that through your seed, victory will be, will be reached. Redemption will be achieved. Restoration of your relationship. And they bought into it. They believed. They had faith in that promise that God gave to them. You, you can see it in the way that, that as they were conceiving and giving birth to children, their response to these children that were being born reflects their hope that God God made a promise that through their seed there will come victory over sin. You look over at verse 1 of chapter 4. Now Adam knew Eve, his wife, and she conceived and bore Cain, saying, I have gotten a man with the help of the Lord. Perhaps this offspring, this seed, will be the one that will crush the head of the serpent. We know how that went. But, but hope, hope didn't evaporate because you look then at Genesis chapter uh, 4 and verse 25. And Adam knew his wife again. And she bore a son, calling his name Seth. For she said, God has appointed for me another seed instead of Abel. For Cain had killed him. Perhaps this seed will be the one who will crush the head of Satan. Adam and Eve had confidence and they passed that confidence down onto their children and, and, and proclaimed that to their offspring, that, that one day God will crush you. Look at the last uh, phrase, the last sentence of chapter 4. At that time, people began to call upon the name of the Lord, to put their hope in what God said would be accomplished. That promise, that hope continued uh, to, be, uh, to weave its way through God's revelation, through the rest of, of His interaction with, uh, with His people. Came to fruition uh, more clearly in His promise, His covenant with Abraham, with Abram. You remember that, that God promised that He would be the Father of many nations and that through His seed, through His offspring, all nations would be blessed. It started off when He was called out of His Father's country and said, I want you to go and I will show you a land and God established that covenant, and, and Abram had faith in that covenant. 
And then God, God clarified it. They came to that point where Abram and, and Lot separated, and Lot chose the, the beautiful land. Abram allowed uh, Lot to have the beautiful land, and, and Abram then moved into the, the wilderness where he would set up his family. And, and there God once again reaffirmed and clarified and said that, that you will, from your offspring, that all nations will be blessed. And Abram said, but I don't have any offspring. He said, you must be uh, through my servant that perhaps that you would then bless and, and create these nations. And God clarified once again and said, no, this is going to be your own seed. And again, Abram and, and Sarah realized that they weren't having any children and they were getting older and older. And so uh, they took matters into their own hands. And there's the, uh, the Hagar and Ishmael debacle. But then God once again clarifies the promise that, that this seed will come through, through Sarah. That it will be her offspring who will carry that blessing forth for all nations. And then we have Isaac, the birth of Isaac, and finally, God's promise. And, and, and is this the one, the seed? And, and, and the hope and the, the excitement of this one that, that God had promised. And then God calls Abraham to sacrifice Isaac. And they're there on Mount Moriah. And as they're journeying up to this place, Isaac says, Father, there's the the wood, and, 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 but, but where's the sacrifice? Where's the lamb? And Abraham's faith in God says, God will provide the lamb. God will provide the sacrifice. And, and, and once again, as, as Abraham is faithful, even though he doesn't understand necessarily what God's plans and, and how he's going to accomplish this. He takes this seed that is the, the hope of, of, of God's promise and God's covenant and he lays them on the altar. He says, God, everything I have is yours. And God stops him and once again clarifies there in that place. In... in uh, Chapter 22 of Genesis. Verse 17, God says, I will surely bless you. I will surely multiply your seed as the stars of heaven and as the sand that is on the shore. And your seed shall possess the gate of his enemies. And in your seed shall all the nations of the earth be blessed because you have obeyed my voice. God's continued promise that through the seed of the woman, through the offspring, that there will be victory, there will be restoration, there will be healing of that broken relationship. God continued to, to extend that promise and clarify and, and refine that and through Isaac and then through his son Jacob and then to his 12 sons. 
We continue to see uh, the promise being worked out to, uh, to Moses as he comes to rescue the people. And, and there on the mountain, God gives them the law and, and establishes all of the, uh, the rituals and, and, and laws that would, that would govern and would help point their attention to what one day Messiah would do for them. Through the sacrifice, the regular sacrifices that were going on through the Day of Atonement, through uh, the, the tabernacle, uh, the, the bread of the presence, the, the lampstand that was always eternally lit, the, the altar of incense that was forever before the Lord and, and bringing the prayers of His people into His, into His presence. And there in the Holy of Holies where the presence of God sat, And in all of those things that were pointing to God's restoration of His people, of God's uh, uh, new life that He would bring through the seed, God continued to, to instill hope in His people. And then in His covenant with David, as David was... Uh, was there and, and, and had established his kingdom and, and there was a growing peace because of David's uh, military conquest um, and the nations around him and, and being able to establish that land that God had originally promised to Moses and to Abraham and, and said that you would, uh, you would dwell in this land and, and gave the boundaries of it. And, and David, as he saw that that. Everything was coming together for him, but yet God was still, his house was in this, this tent, in this movable entity. And God said, uh, David said, I, I need to build a permanent house for God. And God blessed his heart that said, that's not for you. And God made a promise to David that we read about in 2 Samuel chapter 7. Verse 12, he says, When your days are fulfilled and you lie down with your fathers, I will raise up your seed after you who shall come from your body and I will establish His kingdom. And then drop down to verse 16, And your house and your kingdom shall be made sure forever. Beside me, your throne shall be established forever. God's promise that this hope was going to come through the seed of David, through the lineage of David, that would establish a kingdom that would, that would extend into eternity. That this was more than just a, a temporal kingdom that would exercise military dominance over its neighbors, over the rest of the nations. But, but no, this was going to be a divinely established kingdom that would once and for all deal with that sin, that guilt, that shame, that nakedness that humanity has trapped itself in with their sin. And it was through the seed that this transformation, this redemption, this restoration would happen. 
And then through David, we, see, uh, we continue to see God's promise of, of this hope through the prophets, uh, through all the writings that we have that speak of God's continued plan and purpose for His people that He will rescue them even as they, as they continue to rebel against Him and, and, and to the moment where they are taken out of the land and disciplined and, and put into exile in Babylon. Even there, God continued to speak His hope that this is a temporary discipline. And the promise that with repentance would come restoration. And one day, all this would be made right. And it comes up into Matthew. Until Gabriel's visit from a uh, visit with Joseph. Matthew chapter 1, verse 20. We'll start at verse 18. How about that? Now the birth of Jesus Christ took place in this way. When His mother Mary had been betrothed to Joseph, before they came together, she was found to be with child from the Holy Spirit. And her husband, Joseph, being a just man and unwilling to put her to, to shame, resolved to divorce her quietly. But as he considered these things, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying, Joseph, son of David, do not fear to take Mary as your wife. For that which is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will bear a son. And you shall call his name Jesus. For he will save his people from their sins. All this took place to fulfill what the Lord had spoken by the prophet. Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son. And they shall call his name Emmanuel, which means God with us. And Joseph woke from sleep as he did as the angel of the Lord commanded him, and he took his wife, but he knew her not until she had given birth to a son, and they called his name Jesus. The seed of the woman that was promised long long ago, at the very moment of crisis, at the very moment of our rebellion against God, that, that seed of hope that God had promised, winding its way all through Scripture to this moment. And they called His name Yeshua. God saved. That's the hope of Christmas. That hope continues for us today. That in that one, that seed who so perfectly crushed the head of our sin, 
crushed the head of evil. Crushed the one who held us captive. Who gave himself for us. He still is our hope today. In these dark days, God has not abandoned us. God still loves us. God has rescued us from ourselves and from sin. God has a plan for us that we would join Him in this mission of proclaiming that hope to a lost and desperate world. And God has given us that hope that one day we will spend eternity with Him. We don't have to be crushed by the darkness that's around us. We don't have to be overwhelmed by the uncertainty and the chaos that we see that's going on in our world because we have hope through the seed of the woman that God has a plan and He's working on our behalf. Thank you, Lord, for that hope that we have in this Advent season as we prepare our hearts for your coming. So we prepare our hearts for the celebration of Christmas, of that glorious time, that moment when the seed of the woman entered into our world to rescue us. Father, just as Abraham clung to that hope here this morning, we hold fast to the hope that you have extended to us through your offspring, through your son, Jesus. We hold fast to that hope that his sacrifice, the bruising of his heel, is sufficient to crush the head of our sin. We put our hope in that rescue that you have that you have extended to each and every one of us through your grace. We put our faith in that hope, in that rescue, in your grace. Father, we along with David, recognize that you have a purpose for our lives, that you are establishing your kingdom on this earth, and that you have a role for us to play. And, and like David, we, in hope and faithfulness, focus our eyes on you. 
to be led in whatever direction you would take us so that we can accomplish that purpose that you have for each and every one of us, that we would play that role that you have called us to. And Lord, as we face the struggle, as we endure the attacks that come our way, as we suffer through the the deprivation, as we deal with the rejection, All of that pales in comparison to that hope that one day we will be with you. And all of this other just falls away. And so we walk through these days with joy, with hope, with peace, because we walk in your love. We thank you. Amen. Thank you, Lauren. Okay, so the Israelites saw Jesus as this is our Messiah who's going to come and punch out those Romans and get rid of them from our land and give us freedom again. And that isn't quite the way Jesus did it. It was kind of opposite to that. It's like the reverse side of the same coin because he was giving, offering them freedom and hope, but totally in a different way than they had assumed probably for the most part. So if we're to apply it to today, maybe there are some politicians we really want Jesus to come and punch. (laughs) Smarten them up. (laughs) But obviously, life isn't easy right now, and there's a struggle going on, And we know that Jesus is offering us hope, that he wants to set us free from that struggle. And so how do we experience that hope? How do we hold on to it? Because there's lots of things that are pulling us away from that hope, right? So I just want you to think about that for a minute and see if you have something that you can share with us on how you would Find that hope when you're feeling hopeless. Because it happens to all of us at some point. Lord, I just pray that you would bring to mind things that can set us free from hopelessness and to cling to the hope that you have for us. Does anyone have something that they can share? Surely. The word of God is true. 
and we can confess, Lord, thank you, you're my hope. You're my strength, you're my joy, you're my peace, and you've promised that you would never leave me or forsake me. And if we dwell on the truth of God's word, rather than what the enemy is doing, he can bring such hope to us. Meditate on his word. Memorize God's word. Sing it. It's true and it's wonderfully freeing. Thank you, Shirley. Sometimes even just the way of saying something out loud can help us, can't it? Someone else? How do you find hope when you're feeling hopeless? Graham, did you have a scripture there? I'm going to give you the mic so people on Zoom can hear you. I'm just looking for the scripture that says Jesus is our hope. And I'm looking to uh, Romans chapter 15 here. Um, And may the God of hope, verse 13, Romans 15, and may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing so that you may abound in hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. So that's a wonderful verse to ponder on and meditate upon. That was Romans 15, 13. Yeah. He is our hope. Someone else? Hit us. First <laughs> uh, Thessalonians 2.19, for what is our hope or joy or crown of rejoicing? Are not even ye in the presence of our Lord Jesus Christ that is coming? Um, verse 16 also said, Now our Lord Jesus Christ himself and God our Father, who hath love, loved us and hath given us everlasting consolation and good hope through grace. And uh, Titus 2.13, looking for that blessed hope and glorious appearing at the great God and our Savior Jesus Christ. And there's lots. Yeah. <laughs> That's going to be so exciting. It's going to be so exciting when we get to see Jesus again, face to face, like, okay, how can we help? To say, I remember um, uh, Harlan and Leona um, in our prayer meetings. One of the things that Leona kept on reminding us of um, was the power of thanksgiving. Um, she has a practice that she has a list of, of things that she's thankful for, specific things. And when she is feeling hopeless, when she's feeling anxious, uh, when she's getting overwhelmed by anger, she starts going through that list, thanking God for specific things, for the ways that He has been faithful in the past. Um, and, and her list continues to grow and grow as God continues to uh, bless her and, and 
and brings to mind new things. And, and the transformation that happens when we're focusing on thanksgiving is it reminds us that, that God is in control, that God is active, that He's working, and that, that even in the dark times there are things to be grateful for. Um, it, it helps put our minds, just as, as Paul wrote, to think about the, what is good and what is pure, what is holy, what is righteous, uh, that, that when we're putting our minds on those things that we're thankful for, we're, we're, we're banishing the, the negativity and focusing on all of those good things and all of those things of God that, that are there. It, it reminds us when we are focusing on thanksgiving that it's not up to us. That it's God that's doing this. And that's why we're thankful. If it was us that was doing it, we would be patting ourselves on the back. But no, it's, it's giving thanks because God is there at work. And the more that you are spending time thanks, in thanksgiving, that hope is returned. Uh, that, that passage in, in Philippians 4 where it talks about... Um, to, to give thanks in, in all things that, that uh, or don't be anxious for anything, but in everything by prayer and petition with thanksgiving, present your request to God. And the peace of God that transcends all understanding will guard your heart and your mind in Christ Jesus. Uh, that it's through that thanksgiving that that peace comes because we have the hope of all that God is doing for us. Yeah, she, Leona just kept reminding us, and I just loved what she has to say. I use that a lot. (laughs) Yeah, excellent reminder. So, sometimes we aren't feeling hope, and we can't dredge up the strength. Obviously, God is there, and God wants to give us that strength. But sometimes we need other people, and he uses other people to give us hope, right? So sharing prayer requests is one way that we can do that for each other. Sometimes we feel hopeless about a situation, and if somebody prays for us, it's so helpful and encouraging. So does anybody have prayer requests today? <laughs> 